welcome, welcome to another episode of the Entrepreneur's Sushi Club podcast. Every week this gets more exciting, more people are showing up who absolutely adore sushi. Who would have thought? I'm <laughs> My name is Lupna and I'm here with my co-host Woon. Hello everyone. And uh, this week we've got someone really, really special. I know I say this every week, but everyone we interview is a special person to us. Uh, but this is someone who is a former TV producer and presenter who has turned her attention to getting children engaged with reading stories again globally. She is the creator of Magical Storybook. Uh, children's author, podcaster, and is now using her TV background to create YouTube Storytime TV programs for children. Rihanna, it is absolutely an honor to have you. Welcome. Thank you very much. I'm very excited to be here. Oh, cool, cool, cool. So for those uh, of the listeners that have absolutely no idea who Rihanna Mayan is, who is Rihanna? Well, I... At the moment, I call myself um, a children's author and podcaster. I've got lots of strings to my bone, as you mentioned before. Um, I have a TV background, so I used to make uh, documentaries for the BBC. And since then, I've um, since I left t- television, I've started bringing those skills back in to get children excited about reading. So I very much about um, children will um, learn through play, and that's a given fact now. So um, the way sort of academia is set up at the moment is that play is very much taken out of the curriculum now. So I just want to bring that back. And I've privately um, tutored children who have been struggling at school. But by bringing play back in, I've been able to get them reading and back into the classes, um, the normal classes with their friends again. And I've written children's books and um, creating um, YouTube videos. Uh, videos for them that are really engaging and podcasts as well so it's all about fun oh I love that Rihanna and and I love that you share what you do and how you show up in the world but who is Rihanna really when she does when she's not a children's author oh that's a very interesting question um I suppose recently I've been thinking a lot more about that and why I do what I do is all rooted back to that so if you were to say, you know, where is my soul and my passion? I'm probably still this little girl that loves reading fairy tales. And um, I just around me, I want to create a world. It, it sounds probably a bit geeky, but I want to create this world for everybody where anything is possible. And I know in fairy tale books, I grew up reading that anything is possible, whatever situation you're in, you always have a happy ending. And so my philosophy is, however scared you get or um, whatever you're going through in life, there's always a happy ending to be found. So I'm this very positive girl who loves fairy tales, imagination and the idea of magic and getting through life. And that's probably what sums up everything I do. And you, as a little girl, live in the United Kingdom. I do. Yeah. Yeah. So I grew up in the 1970s, which was, um, I think I... Growing up in the 1970s and 80s, 
I think I was one of the luckiest generations out there because we didn't have the internet, but what we had were books and we had each other and we were playing and we used to create, create, create all the time because Sundays all the shops were shut, your friends were um, visiting their relatives. So you had to be really, really creative about how you spent your times. So we were out on the streets playing um, games like, I, I, I don't know whether you've heard of the game Kirby, but a lot of the listeners will know this where you're throwing balls across the street to each other and all these uh we'd make up plays with my brother and sister we'd spend time in the bedroom and we'd just make up fairy tale plays based around our ladybird books that we had and we'd all play a part each um and so that made us really really creative you know we'd we'd yeah. have these whole kingdoms made out of sheets over chairs and we just it was just a most amazing time and the boredom that we had made us so creative and and it's very much um I thank that boredom and the 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 resourcefulness that that we were that was built into us at that point for where I am now that I can now help other children. Oh, I absolutely I, I, love that. I really love what you've created with your podcast and your storybooks. I think it's so fantastic for for kids to be listening to them. Yeah, well, the podcast is a relatively new thing for me. And um, um, Woon, you introduced me to them, in fact, at Christmas. And I remember having a conversation with you where I thought, for me, podcasts were always what the um, the sort of early 20s um, cool kids were doing. You know, they were, they were creating these little comedy sketches together. And it's what cool kids did. And I never, ever thought of it as something that children would be listening to. Um, and so, you know, you encouraged me just to sort of, just do it. And so I did. I just recorded a, a fairy tale into my phone and uh, put that up on my podcast host. And the first week I got something like 14 downloads. And I was really happy with that. I was like, 14 people in the world are listening to my fairy tale. And then the next week it was into the hundreds. And so six months later, I've, I'm getting 4,000 downloads a week and growing. And I'm and I don't know where it's coming from. I know that the people are, are listening to it globally, but they're obviously looking for that. And um, I just thank you so much for actually introducing me to um, the world of podcasts for kids. And there's kids all over the world now, I know, listening to my podcast to learn English. It's, it's amazing. Incredible. I think what you've just done, like it's it's a really good branding you've got the, it, it it's really helping people to I, I believe like improve their English in and sort of actually get get back to the you know classical stories that we've all grown up to enjoy and yeah and I think the whole ladybird thing is is it's true for me as well I, I grew up with those books but I I, I, I really miss them. <laughs> oh, we can come around my house. I've got shelves full of them. <laughs> we can just we can we can do what we did as kids. Lubna come around as well, and we can get the sheets uh, out. We can make castles, and we could just have a great time. <laughs> I believe, Mariana. As soon as the borders are open again, I'm getting on a plane. It doesn't really matter where, but I'd love to come to London, no matter to or or the UK, anywhere. Uh, just because I can get on a plane again. So oh, yeah. uh, I'm all for that because I resonate so much with you because when I was growing up here in the Netherlands, we had the same thing. We were outside most of the time. I mean, 
my mother used to have to say as soon as we got home from from school the the, the routine was get get yourself a snack a sandwich or or something little go do your homework and after homework we were out the door there was no way we were going to watch tv that was not even allowed yeah. uh, we were out the door and we were playing and i still remember and i was the entrepreneur back then already uh, i still remember my my father uh, made posters and stickers and we uh, my myself and my brother would go outside when it was sunny and put the box full of stickers and sell them for about nothing because we would make money and go buy candy um or in my case buy books um because i was more interested in books than i was in candy but that's what we did. We were yeah. outside playing, climbing, whatever rocked your boat. And when I look at my nieces now, they're into, can I have your phone so I can watch a YouTube oh, I know. video? Yeah. And I'm thinking, yes, but I want to make sure that you watch the right YouTube video. Yeah, direct them to mine. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa, I, I, bought your book. <laughs> I bought your book. I bought two copies of it just so I can give them to my nieces. Like, oh, you've got to spend some time, spend it on something that's that's useful. So I really I really like that, and I, I, I hope that that's something that they do. And I even got my nieces to come on a walk with me, so they walk 5,000 steps oh, with me uh, when they're here just because I want them to go out. And we make it into an adventure. It's like, yeah. okay. And one of my nieces loves cats. I said, well, go search for a cat. And she would go through every bush, every street. Well, where are they? She would say, I said, you have to look. Just go find them. And before you know it, she walks 5,000 steps oh, without amazing. telling me she's tired. <laughs> yeah. Children love scavenger hunts. And I used to do children's parties where um, they were storybook themed. So I would bring the storybook to life for them. For example, um, I would go and dress as Alice in Wonderland and I'd create the whole scene for them. So I'd yeah. take them through the story and then they got to play croquet with the um with the uh queen of hearts and one of the um most popular parts of those parties was um when we got to the cheshire cat and he disappeared i would get them to go and look around the venue for and find the 10 cheshire cat smiles that i'd hidden mm -hmm. and they were gone for 20 minutes they just yeah. loved um just any kind of scavenger hunt so yeah that's any that's a top tip for any parents whose kids are bored just go and get them searching for something they just yeah. love it they yeah. love it yeah and uh just to clarify for those of you who are listening rihanna does this as an entrepreneur she's driven by um uh, boosting the literacy of children globally so we're talking to an entrepreneur uh, not someone who has a hobby uh, but this is actual business in supporting something that's really important, uh, especially because we're talking about the new generation, yeah. the next generation in our world. So uh, I wanted to clarify that. But you're not only an entrepreneur, Rihanna, because we are the Entrepreneur Sushi Club podcast. Yeah. So there are two things very important to us, entrepreneurship, but you have to adore sushi. Yeah. Right. So I feel like a bit of a fraud because I love sushi, but I'm a vegetarian. Yeah. So you're going to you're going to hate me for this and please don't kick me off your podcast. <laughs> My experience of, of vegetarian sushi is generally from the supermarket. And that, I know, I know, I know. So the reason that I was so excited about coming on this show is because the thing that really really draws me into loving sushi is the pickled ginger. I, it was the first time I'd ever eaten pickled ginger and the first time I ever knew that it could bring something that's ultimately 
probably quite bland to life. And the, the wasabi, pickle ginger and soy combination to me is just magical. So do you know how I can make my own vegetarian sushi? Because I've looked at recipes online and it has things like mushrooms and avocado, which feels a bit odd to me. I feel like vegetarian sushi should have all the elements of the the, the fish sushi, but obviously without the fish, but all the other things that, that make it so tasty. How can I make my own vegetarian sushi? What, as in what ingredients should I put in? And it has to have pickled ginger in. Absolutely. <laughs> It's the best so bit. Funny. <laughs> Give me a recipe, guys. <laughs> oh, I probably can. Uh, but first of all, um, we just said you have to adore sushi. Now, you're not our first guest who is a vegetarian sushi lover. You're number two, actually, in the list. So for us, it's sushi. And whether you're, you're, you're eating the fish sushi or the vegetarian, it doesn't matter. You just have to love sushi. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So that's one. And um, and and I think that why Woon and I are, are laughing is because every guest we've had up to this point starts with, I just love the pickled ginger. <laughs> the rest of it's unnecessary, don't you <laughs> think? <laughs> I'm only joking. We, we had so funny. We had Judith last week and Judith would say the same thing. Oh, it's just well, what's the best bit for you guys then? Oh, um, mine, I love a California roll. So that's the combination of um, surimi, yeah. which is actually fake fish, um, avocado, um, and um, uh, cucumber mm. rolled in, uh, in, 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 in rice. Uh, so I really love California. I absolutely, that's the first thing I order whenever I go out to sushi. I have to have a California roll. Uh, but I also love sashimi and then more specifically tuna sashimi. Ah, oh, yeah. Mm. Uh, I just love the tuna. I love tuna in, in general. I, I, I can appreciate salmon, but if I had to choose, it's tuna. So every time I go have sushi with a friend of mine, she goes for the salmon sashimi and I go for the tuna sashimi. She said, do you, do you want that piece? I said, no, you just go for the salmon. I'll keep it with the tuna. So Wun, <laughs> how about you? For me, it's a salmon sushi, uh, so it's it's an easy one for me. Uh, and I also have, I've I've got quite a few that I like. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's so much, so many different options out there. Uh, and what's the best part? What should I What should I be really enjoying about good sushi? Is it just the flavors, or is it the health? But what is it that would make you choose sushi over anything else if you're going out to get your lunch? Great question. Well, yeah, I think Pali is the company, right? Like it's always good company whenever I have sushi. That's that's always the case. You feel like you're doing something really healthy and and really nice, and uh, staying away from the, the the burger bars and the sandwiches. That are... see, when I get to a supermarket for my lunch and I pick up the sushi packet rather than the sandwich, I feel really healthy. <laughs> I'm such a yeah, I had sushi today. <laughs> Is is that the is that the boots 
uh, meal deal that you get. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Three ninety nine. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Any supermarket, you can get your three ninety nine deal. And uh, yeah, your sushi, your crisps, and your, your drink. Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, Rihanna, one of the things that, and I spoke to Judith, uh, uh, who was our guest last week, about. I said as soon as we can travel, we're doing the Entrepreneur Sushi Club Sushi Party. <laughs> because we need to get all of you into real non-supermarket sushi. <laughs> I would appreciate that. Thank you. Then I'll feel more enlightened. And, and, and maybe even inspired by you, Rihanna, is we should do a, a sushi cooking workshop, as Ooh. in make our own sushi and then have the party. I would definitely be up for that. Yeah. Absolutely. Now that would be fun with all of the guests that we've had and all of the guests we will be having is to just do this uh, together because what I found is with sushi, you can do so much. I mean, there is the classical sushi, your sushi you can find in any any good sushi restaurant, but I've also, uh, I've also visited sushi restaurants that do fusion sushi and then the the... the Options are just amazing. I mean, with with uh, mango in it, with pineapple, with uh, melted cheese. I mean, melted cheese and sushi—that's something I've never had. <laughs> Believe I've never me, had I've no, had is it. it. Is it right? London, in London, and it was absolutely delicious. Ah, oh, see, Londoners aren't always right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm up in Nottingham. We like good northern, <laughs> good northern taste, good northern flavour. Yeah. So no, my suggestion for you, Rihanna, is to first stop. I mean, you can buy sushi from the supermarket and just go for it if it's easy. But experience it in a, in a proper sushi restaurant. You will taste the difference. And for me, sushi, yes, it's healthy. But what I love about sushi is. Um, one, the fish has to be fresh. You will smell if it's not before you even have to taste it. And I love the the variety of flavors. That's what I love about sushi. It's not like when you order a meal, then the flavors are are combined because that's the meal. But with sushi, you can you can switch it up and 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 have different kind of flavor orders to to, to say. And and to be fair. I love to have sushi in company with other yeah. people that love sushi. And especially when we go into, uh, okay, let's discover new sushi. So order something from the menu we've never ordered before. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. With all these Basically, Rihanna, you got to Lumina is a sushi strategist. <laughs> <laughs> I look gotta... forward to the Lumina Sushi School opening very soon. <laughs> You got to plan your, your, your sushi experience out with Lubna. So you didn't oh, yeah. realize you'd come away rebranded with a new business here, Lubna? No, no, absolutely not. But to be fair, in the last two weeks, I've been called the crazy idea lady. Now the sushi <laughs> strategist. So there's something about odd combinations um uh red thread going on here no that's but, what that's what me and gil calls you yeah i know i know <laughs> i know the crazy idea lady um go and, with uh, it yeah oh i, I believe miriana it's the biggest compliment you can get when people call you the crazy idea lady 
Uh, and I'm running with it because be careful when the crazy idea lady is around because before you know it, she launches something new and you're in it. <laughs> but that's great. It means you've found yourself, doesn't it? It just means that you're going with what you love in life, which is which is what any entrepreneur, that's what entrepreneurship's all about, isn't it? Following yep. what you love. Absolutely. And I want to make a combination because you as an entrepreneur focus on children mm. and um, uh, it wouldn't, it probably won't surprise you but one of my nieces is a sushi lover ah how old is she three-year-old niece is a sushi lover yeah and I'll even add something to that she's a California sushi lover (laughs) I wonder who she got that from I wonder the same thing (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure it's not in your DNA probably (laughs) um I've never researched it at, but I want to make a combination because what, and I'll make an odd combination so I can, I can ask this question without being called the crazy idea lady again. Um, What's the relationship between children and children's literacy and sushi? Hmm. Wow. There's a question. I can answer a different question for now while I think about that. I was actually thinking when you were talking about your three-year-old niece loving sushi, um, I found that when I was doing my children's parties that some of them, of the, the food that was presented, you know, you, you got the standard pizza, the cakes and the sandwiches, but a lot of children, a lot of parties was all about healthy food. Mm. And it was about eating sort of fresh fish and fresh uh, salads and fresh dishes that was out there. So um, I would say that, oh, you've asked me a really tough question now. You've put me on the spot. What's the connection between children, fairy tales and sushi? Yeah. We're going back to then old fashioned values and old-fashioned living aren't we we're going back to uh, medieval tales old-fashioned storytelling and the way that we used to eat we'd create all our own food we'd eat our food from the sea it was all about fishermen baking bread it was all about old-fashioned values just just going back to to nature again I mm. think is the is the connection I guess I, love I don't that. have another answer for you no, 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 and and I, I, I'm, I realize I'm mindful that I put you on the spot, but I like to ask weird questions. <laughs> That's okay. I like to think about it. I think that's a good answer. That's a very good answer from from someone who eats mass produced <laughs> supermarket sushi. Oh no, I feel like a failure. Oh, no, I'm joking. I'm going to go out the garden and eat worm. Rihanna, because of the 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 situation we've been in in the past couple of months. Even I have had supermarket sushi. Oh, no, Lubna. Really? Because if you really want to have sushi and all of the sushi restaurants are closed, then you have to revert to something that you normally wouldn't do. And to be fair, it depends on the what, what supermarket or store I get my sushi from, um, and the, um, uh, whether it's nice or not. And I haven't had bad sushi from the supermarket, to be fair. But I could taste the difference, and it wasn't the same experience in any way, shape, or form that I had from su- sushi in in proper proper places. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to feel um, um, a fraud or guilty in in, whatever, <laughs> in in any way, shape, or form. I mean, as long as you can get sushi, you're fine. 
And it's a good uh, introduction. If I hadn't gone into the supermarkets looking for something yeah. for my lunch, I would never, ever have chosen to go into a sushi restaurant. Yeah. So, But now I've had that introduction to it and I, I've realised that I like the flavours, that actually I'm more likely to go into a sushi restaurant now and, and upgrade and find out what it's all about. So I think yeah. there's a very much yeah. A, yeah. a validation, really, for yeah. getting supermarket sushi. Awesome. Mm. Um, what... For, for those entrepreneurs that are listening, what are some of your tips um, in, on the entrepreneurial journey? What are some of the things that you've been through that you would help other people with? Right. I would say that um, I have, I've come to where I am and it's the first time since I left employment six years ago, this is the first time these last few months where I feel genuinely, genuinely happy with where I am. Mm. And because I was following the money, I was following what I thought people wanted. Um, I was taking advice from people that I trusted. I was giving people money to do jobs for me that, uh, that said they could do a good job for me. All of that, um, didn't make me happy um, because I was trusting in the wrong places. The one thing that I did not trust ever was my gut instinct. It mm. was there, but I always went elsewhere for advice. And since I um, I got some good independent business training, so I spent a year in a, a, an entrepreneur's club learning how to run a business, and I've taken those skills now to um, – following my gut instinct and what I want to do which is spend my days telling fairy tales and mm. writing stories since I've done that over the last few months the work has come in and I had more work now because I'm so passionate about what I'm doing that <clears throat> I've got the most employment sort of than I had in the whole six years where I was kind of struggling. So get yourself some good business training, but independent business training mm -hmm. and just learn what it is that you love and, and, and just do it, just do it. So Rihanna, so could I ask you, you know, when you were a BBC TV producer, yeah. how was it different telling stories compared to telling stories right now where I know you're, you've got books and sort of podcasts Like how, yeah. how does it differ working in a traditional sort of TV environment? Yeah, one word wound, freedom. That is mm. the word. When you, I went into television, um, excuse me. <clears throat> so one word, uh, one word, it's freedom. I went into television believing that, um, oh, I can tell all these stories and people will love my ideas and I can get my stories out to this mass audience. The reality was, is that they, you know, in television, they want creativity, but they very much want you to sit within the box of what they want their output to be. And quite rightly so, because they have an audience to serve. But I found I would write, in my eyes, the most incredible stories for documentaries. But then I had to have it approved by my line manager, then their line manager, And I found that the scripts would come back a mere shadow of themselves. And then in the edit, a lot more was taken out as well. So I just felt like all my freedom and creativity was 
edited within a, an inch of its life. Um, and so now I'm completely the master of what I do. I, I write my stories and they're the stories that get broadcast, whether it's via YouTube or via my podcast or through my books. So it's completely how I want it to be and how I want it to look. And it's just, it's so liberating. So yeah, the word is absolutely freedom um, is the difference between doing it for yourself and working for somebody else. Massive difference. So part of it is the freedom to express yourself. And then I guess the other part is really the freedom that you have that now you can actually, you have more control over your the content that you, that the people are listening to. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I believe that what I do is right. And I suppose we all do, otherwise we wouldn't do it. But I believe that people love the stories that I tell. And and I've, I've been proved right with the download figures that I'm having and the mm. people that have bought the books and, and the feedback that I get. You don't get that kind of feedback when you work in television. You may get the odd um, viewer comment if they're disgruntled about something, but you don't get that um, that direct relationship with your audience working in television. It's very much production line and it's out there. Um, whereas when you do it for yourself, you you create this magic for people that you believe is is right for them and then you've got a direct relationship with your audience they can talk to you via youtube they can talk to you via podcast you know you you're, you're there with them and so you're creating together based on their feedback rather than an executive producer's feedback mm. massively different i love you know, i love what you shared there i really i really resonate with that yeah you can tell i'm feeling it now i'm really am mm. So Rihanna, for, for people who want to be better storytellers, like what, what would you advise? Read lots and lots of fairy tales. Mm. Read, they're the most simple forms of brilliant, brilliant stories. They're short, they have a beginning, a middle and an end. They have this excitement in them. They have great characters. If you want to be a good storyteller, read books and really get into um get into the books get into the characters what makes it exciting for you and then the the book the stories that then you'll start writing will have a similar feel to the books that you're reading and and you will be a better storyteller because by reading books you're learning that craft and how it makes you feel to write in a certain way so just just read 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 mm. That's super interesting. Yeah. I, lo I love what you said. Um, what, what I got out of what you shared, Rihanna, is uh, in terms of what we want to give to those entrepreneurs that are listening is, um, is follow your passion, even if it seems a weird passion, because I think that one of the things that pe trips people up is, oh, I can't do children's books or children's debt or sushi for that matter, because I think the rest of the world will think I'm crazy. And what I found um, is that the people that surround you might think it's crazy, but you will find other people that actually think you have a brilliant idea. So there are 8 billion people in the world. I mean, you're going to find a group of people that actually love what you're passionate about. So I love that you shared that about passion. Yeah, you have to thing, go. You have to, Sorry. yeah. No, 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 no worries. Um, the second thing that I heard in what you shared is follow your gut. Absolutely. And whether you call it gut or intuition or uh, downloads, it, it choose your word. Uh, as long as you choose it, uh, Keith Leon S would say, 
always follow your gut uh, and really make sure that everything that you can get from mentors, coaches and whatever is in alignment with what you believe in. And um, because before you know it, you'll end up in, in doing a lot of things because other people tell you to do them, but you're not getting the results that you actually need. And you shared it with being that after six years since you left employment, you're finally there where you want to want to be. Um um, and it brings the endorphins. I mean, your gut will, if you follow your gut instinct, that's when you 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 feel the endorphins and you want to smile and you love getting up. I mean, I love getting up in the morning now and going to my computer and recording fairy tales or um, I'm in the middle of writing another book at the moment. I, mm. I mean, what an amazing way to spend your day because it makes me so, so excited. Whereas yeah. before I was going to the computer just looking for opportunities and looking for, you know, um, writing out, you know, sorting out my website and, and just trying to market myself. It was just all about marketing. Yeah. And by creating something that I'm so, so passionate about, my marketing energy feels less because mm-hmm. I feel like I'm being discovered because there's a fun, I, I imagine it's because there's a fun energy behind it. I don't know quite know what it is, but something is aligning now and and people are finding me rather than me having to push. Yeah. And it's yeah, it's incredible. I'm still learning what it is myself, but it's it's all it's making me happy. I think part of it is that the stories that you're telling is so so powerful that they they really resonate with people, and they're not just like they're, they're classics, right? They they've really proven that they they are so powerful, and you you sort of give it your twist and your 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 voice, and I think that itself is so so useful for a lot of people. But also, I think your branding is so like oh, so on point for your audience. Oh thank you. I, I really think so. Um and, and that's why you're you're sort of getting all these global audience from all over the world that want to improve their English or listen to bedtime stories or you know be entertained but also like get value out of your content. I think what you're creating is amazing. Oh, thank you. See, that's really interesting about branding because I don't know that much about branding. You sort of follow the advice, don't you? And you yeah. um excuse me, you sort of follow the advice, don't you? And you end up thinking, oh, I need to do it this way or I need to do it that way. And should I tell you what my branding is now? It's based on a children's program that I loved um, when I was a kid. And I just saw a, a sort of logo out there or sort of design that reminded me of that kid's program. So I kind of used it, but made it, made it my own. Mm. And for you to now say that that is on point and resonating I never realized that but actually what drew me to that children's program and the way it was kind of branded is now probably what's drawing you and other people to my brand so it's 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 really interesting actually the um by going back to something that I loved now other children are loving it so I guess I don't yeah, abs- know why that's working. It just does. I mean, absolutely. I mean, you, the name of your podcast is called Magical Storybook English Nanny Bedtime Stories Podcast. Yeah. It's a slightly longer podcast name, but I think it just hits the nail. <laughs> like people it just are searching says for what it. it is. Yeah. It says what it is, so it's searchable. I mean, part of that has um, tied me into a box where I've thought, oh, it's bedtime stories now, whereas actually I would love to go and do a, f- a few more sort of meaty children's stories. And so that has 
I've been so specific with that. It's kind of tied me into the fairy tale bit. Um, so that may be something I have to assess going going forward and and whether I adjust that a little bit. But um, but no, I think uh, if if somebody's looking for bedtime stories, then they're, they're going to be finding mine. So just because <laughs> of the name, so that was a bit of a no brainer, really. <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, Rihanna, what I love about what you're sharing and what I feel is really important to share with everyone that is listening is when you are I mean a lot of entrepreneurs think about marketing and sales and and every time that I speak to someone they say oh god that's so heavy and I don't want to go out there and promote myself that feels so weird and icky uh, to use that word and what I love about what you shared is that you can turn that around and the way to do that is to be you yeah really be the authentic you and to be grounded in your passion and in your gifts Uh, because when you show up as the best you the only you because you're unique in your own way that will attract people just as much as it will repel people Uh, but it will attract the right people to you from uh, corners of the world that you would not have imagined uh, people you have to be brave and I think that that at least that's what I'm passionate about. Also, is is to really bring the message out of just be you. I know that it's scary to lose people that have been with you for many many years, but you have to choose that. You have to make that commitment to yourself because then you'll end up just like Rihanna, um, uh, publishing children's books and a podcast that's being watched and listened to from people from all over the world. And yeah. it's attracting and it makes making money easier. It makes branding easier. It makes marketing easier. It makes sales easier. Instead of trying to push, you're, you're, you're pulling people towards you in, in a very great way. And I love what Woon tapped uh, on with the logo because you like that logo. That same energy is now projected from you to people that are attracted that type of energy and type of, of branding. And I think that that's really important to really tap into who you are as an entrepreneur, what type of entrepreneur, what how you want to show up in the world and just go without thinking too much about what will other people think. Yeah, you have to get over the fear. Um, there's nothing. I mean, if I hadn't of if I'd have let my initial fear in doing this hold me back, I would I would still be in that state where I wasn't quite happy. Um, there's nothing more terrifying than being a 40 year old something woman dressed as Alice in Wonderland, <laughs> having to walk through a crowd of adults drinking beer and wine <laughs> to get to the kids on the other side to entertain them. There, it was terrifying. And I remember when I first started doing, I was dying inside a little bit, but I thought I cannot let this get to me. And I remember just having to walk through these crowds of people just staring at me going, what is that? <laughs> walking through but I would just turn it on and go hello I'm Alice you know just turn it on and just keep walking through till I got to the kids and then the kids totally thought it was awesome so then I could relax a little bit but if I'd have let what the adults sort of were you know the looks that the adults were giving me that could have easily have made me go I'm not doing this anymore and I'd have gone back to doing what I was doing before but now I've got to the point where I don't have to do that anymore and I had to do it for a relatively short period of time anyway to now get to the to the state that I'm really really happy in so god if if it's fear just just walk through it walk Mm. through it and get out the other side 
Yeah. So I Rihanna, love that story. I, yeah, I love, I love it. Story. I really love it. Okay. I really love it. Um, so Rihanna, as we wrap this up, because I know we can talk for hours, um, uh, but we don't have hours at the moment. Um, is what are some of the things you want to <laughs> give? You want to send uh, the listeners to away with that you really want them to to get away with this episode? What's a takeaway from this episode? I think for for me, the the most is just reiterating the point that follow your gut, get independent advice on how to run a business. You, you need that if you if you don't have any business skills you're not really sure how things work go and get that but be very very cautious about taking people's advice on oh you need to work with this person or you need this website or you need this or you need that be very very cautious about that and don't be so eager to give your money to other people to do it um and I know that would go against a lot of other people's advice um because you do have to trust but I think it has to be informed trust because I've I've spent I've wasted so much money on trusting people even through referrals that haven't done a good job for me and I've ended up doing that doing it myself so get the business skills and you know what's right and what isn't and then from there follow your gut follow your heart and follow where the the path that gives you the endorphins and the excitement to want to sit and go to you know just want to go out and go to work every day and I guarantee the beginning of that journey is going to be terrifying but unless you walk through that terror and you will get out the other side and you will find your happy ending unless you walk through that terror you won't you won't get there so put on your armor walk through the fear and just get yourself to where you need to go and you will be happy you will. Woon any closing remarks? Well, I I thought it was amazing to hear from you, Rihanna, because I I've sort of um, knew you had a really good turnaround with the podcast. And I thought, um, you know, having you here on the Entrepreneur Sushi Club has been amazing. So I really thank you for sharing your journey and your, your story here. No, thank you for having me being a pseudo sushi lover. <laughs> you found the real story now. I'm a fraud. Rihanna, we're an inclusive bunch. <laughs> as long as you're willing to use the word sushi, <laughs> we'll have you, darling. We'll have Brilliant. you. Don't worry. And we will convert you into <laughs> someone that does not only buy her sushi from supermarkets. <laughs> I, I look forward to that. I look forward to uh, Lubna's sushi school. <laughs> you know, Rihanna, you can, there are Japanese shops, Japanese, I guess Japanese shops, where you can get a bottle of pickled ginger oh don't tell me that i'll be (laughs) i'll just be sitting in front of the tv with a fork and a a, a bottle of my ginger is good for you isn't it so maybe i'll do that honestly rihanna i was gonna say the same thing to you there are but you can go buy a bottle full of it i'll be putting it on my chips i'll just you know be great i won't need the sushi after that i'll just i'll be happy with the ginger i'll be fine so lubna you need to start your school as soon as possible to convert me oh Believe me, I've already convert. I've been known to convert a lot of people from haters to lovers. So huh. be careful what you wish for. So Rihanna, <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you for being uh, uh, on our podcast and sharing your journey and your tips for entrepreneurs listening uh, uh, in any in any part of the world. And for- oh, you're very welcome. I've loved it. Thank you. Cool, cool, cool. We will be adding links to uh, get in touch with Rihanna. 
if you're interested in knowing what she does with Magical Storybook, her podcast, uh, and anything she does, basically, is, is worth a follow. Uh, so you'll see those in the description. And we are very much looking forward to having you on uh, our next uh, episode of the Entrepreneur Sushi Club podcast. If you are someone that is an entrepreneur or a business owner and adores sushi and you want to be interviewed, please reach out to Gail Woon or myself. Send us a message. We would love to have you. And if you know someone, please refer them or introduce us. We want to feature as many people as we can. For now, I wish you a very, very happy day. And I'm very much looking forward to, have, to um, meeting you virtually on our next episode. 